going back through the round 12. How are you, Neil, mate, Mick? Good, Trent, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't seem like as long ago that we chatted uh, these, these short rounds and doing the podcast quite late last week. So, um, yeah, it only feels like a couple of days ago that we were chatting, but I'm good, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, well, last week, I'm good. Last week, um, yeah, there was so much going on. We didn't even know whether there'd be games or when there'd be games or what what there'd be games or what was going to happen. So it got to the point where we thought, let's just do it a bit later. And we had such a busy week as well. So, uh, But look, six games, I'd say there's some pretty interesting talking points out of basically all of them, certainly um, as a minimum, four of them. Uh, it was a pretty interesting weekend of football. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors at Hopstone before we get into that. Hops to Home is a delicious craft beer delivery service. Uh, please check them out at hopstahome.com.au. You can get a promo code AFLDEEPDIVE to get $25 off your first pack. Great way uh, if you're in Melbourne at the moment in lockdown, uh, don't want to go out and get the uh, uh, the virus or the virus or any <laughs> various problems, um, you can get it delivered straight to the door and avoid all the various things that can go wrong. Um, then... Uh, like going, going, like going out in, in this bloody cold weather. Today it was cold. I, I'll, even I, I'm always the most optimistic about Melbourne's cold, and even I was like, "Yeah, it's cold." It was actually cold. It's cold, and it, <laughs> it was pretty cold, and, and it was like 20 mils of rain. So, and tomorrow I think it's gonna be like 40. So, yeah, um, I should have cleaned the gutters. What I had winter is here. Winter is very much here. It is. Um, yeah, it is dew off the old grass. Um, let's so. <laughs> But hopstone.com.au, um, promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Let's get into first game. So this, this was a really good game. Um, so D's Lions. Finally. Finally, um, like a properly good game. Finally got a game of two good teams playing good football against each other. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing. We will hope with, well, we thought it would happen last round, um, but the Dogs were, they had by far their worst day. Um, that were pretty good against Freya, which we'll get into, but <clears throat> I think, like, the Lions started the game, I thought, better. Um, by far the most impressive thing for me about the game was Melbourne were able to correct in-game, and that's such a hallmark of a great team. And, and they have done it a couple of times this year. They have started poorly a little bit here and there, uh, but to finish off the way they did... Um, the second half was was outstanding. And, I mean, this is a situation will probably happen, you would think, in a final where they need to course correct during a game and they've proven they can do it. And, I mean, if you don't believe them now, I mean, the only question now, they're clearly going to be right at the, at the pointy end. The biggest question now is, for me, and we'll get obviously into the game specifically, but big picture, the only question for me, and all these people, I know, Mel, I, 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 I was, I'm a Richmond supporter, so trust me, like 2017, I was I was pouring cold water on it right up until like halftime during the grand final, basically. But I, So I can understand not wanting to jinx it and all that kind of stuff. But the biggest question with Melbourne for me now is, are they going to be, you know, the Adelaide 2017 type of team or Hawthorne, uh, well, not, well, there's other examples, but you look at like Geelong 2008, um, the teams that were, you know, Essendon um, 99, teams that, you know, have dominated through the year and then not gone on to win the premiership. And there's, there's a lot of it through history um, where the teams have finished on top or, or, or pretty close to top. Um, you know, Port even last year, so we don't have to go that far back um, where a team has dominated through the home in a while. I just think that's, that's the biggest question, whether 
you know, that they've, you know, burnt the candle too early or, you know, that that's the only... But they're going to be there. It's more whether they can get it done and they yeah. don't tire out later in the year. What, what do you think about that big picture yeah. before we get in the game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I follow following through. And I think the the dialogue that's coming out of the, the Ds is really, really good in that sense. Um, like Max Gorn, I don't know whether it was today or yesterday, and he said, we're just beating teams that beat us last year and... I love it. That means he's not getting carried away, and if he's not getting carried away, um, you would you would assume that that type of mentality is filtering through the playing list. And look, it just shows the maturity of this team. Um, you mentioned how they they, they they did start really really slow. I mean, Clayton Oliver and Max Gorn didn't look like they were connecting for the first half, and then all of a sudden they just. <laughs> Just knew exactly where each each were, um, and, and a bit like the, the Richmond teams and why they've been so successful. Um, if Melbourne can sustain this ability just to grind teams, uh, again the first half, Steve and May and, and, and Lever looked really out of sorts. I'm like, oh, Brisbane have worked out how to cut through this defence. Can't they, they don't they don't allow it to happen for long enough in a game for the opposition to then really take control. They, they just slowly but slowly put the, the, the chess pieces in back on the ball where they want yeah. them. Um, and then, as we saw on Friday night, um, wrestled back control um, halfway, basically halfway through that third quarter um, and then then went on from there. And, and it, was, it wasn't so much can Brisbane get back, it's... Will Melbourne let them back? So yeah, look, hats off. I'm I'm on, I'm on board. Um, but yeah, as as you just mentioned, and as we've seen over the the years, these teams that essentially have come from nowhere to, to be really good. Um, Melbourne have been pretty disappointed the last couple of years. To be this good, um, can they sustain that all the way through to that that last last dance? Um, we'll wait and see. I, and I can't remember the stats, but there's actually quite it's actually quite poor. For teams that finish first and to, you know and then go on to win the flag, it's actually not that high. There aren't that many teams over history. I think we looked at this once. I think we a while ago in one of the episodes we did. I think we went back and had a look at how many teams had won the minor premiership like, and won the and won the grand final. It was like two over the last twenty years or something. It was very few. Yes, yeah, yeah, two or three over the last thirty years. Not many at all for memory. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't wasn't many. No, no. So look, it's very hard to look. You know, if you look statistically through the years too, like you look at, um, you know, Essendon two thousand. You know, they only lose the one game. You know, is that Chris Grant? Um, goal. If he doesn't kick that goal, they're only a couple of points behind, and who knows? Like this is the thing. So, and then Hawthorne, two thousand and uh, sorry, Geelong. Keep saying Hawthorne, Geelong, two thousand and eight. I only lost the one game. Like you know, you can have these statistically incredible years, but to have them to go on and win, you know, it's a long year. Um, it's like even the team that wins the NBA ring at the end of the year as well wins the championship. They're not necessarily. They're not going to win. There's not that many times you. Well, look at the Golden State. When they lost to Cleveland as well, they were seventy-three games, and out of that many games, is is pretty absurd. So look, it's just it's hard. It's just simply hard to be up for that long. Um, that's why when you see sports records like you know um, Rafa winning that many Frenches, or you know Federer losing one match in eight years at Wimbledon, all that kind of stuff is is you know seven years old. So that's you know it's, that pretty sort of is. stuff gets pretty crazy because it's it's such a long time to be up. And it's the same thing, you know, when you look at all the great sportsmen how and women, how they've been able to do this. So, 
with teams it's the same thing and that's it's similar for why you know winning more than three premierships in one in one year is very very hard um and richmond are, are pushing against history it's the simple reality um but anyway it, it, that's my only thing but in terms of the games because we've had a few people ask us about what we think about you know a melbourne we've had a lot of people ask us that melbourne can go all the way and all that kind of stuff but in terms of the bigger picture stuff um but look yeah d's were down by 20 odd to come back is obviously fantastic um yeah i mean like they dealt with the pressure really well they course corrected really well they they upped the handball which made complete sense to do um they moved their tags they moved harms around a little bit more as well which made sense um yeah i mean i, I it was a clearly it, it's funny because like you know we're not talking about brisbane at all but they were excellent like three quarter time was 10 9 to 10 8 brisbane easily could have won this game it was only really I mean, you know melbourne at the moment are playing you know globe trotter stuff they're there and that's what that's why i bring up that point before because i do worry a little bit that they are playing such lights out football in june like that's the only they, they look so so good um yeah i don't know i'd almost want to be a dog supporter just because they you know they had that loss and uh i don't know it's you hear people talk about that notion do they do you need to have a bit of a drop through the year but it was the right tactic to get into Brisbane too. Like we obviously cover Melbourne, but yeah, look, it was the right tactic I thought to be physical. Um, but then, like they were too physical at the start, um, Brisbane. Like they just gave away two cheap fifties um, pretty quickly. But like they corrected then, they matured. You know, I, th- I really liked McCarthy as the loose forward. That was really good. That made complete sense. Um, Zach Bailey, you know, uh, he what what a draft steal he has been like all year. That you know, goal after the siren as well earlier in the year. Like he's 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 fantastic. Um, yeah, but little things like you know, in the first half, Brisbane. So Brisbane kicked three goals. I took this note through the game, but Brisbane kicked three goals from a chain that started in their defensive fifty, um, which is the most that Melbourne have conceded in any complete game. So like it just shows like how great of a defensive team Melbourne is, but also how well um Brisbane were playing them they were able to expose them in areas that for the rest of the year they've not been exposed in. So yeah, all the usual yeah. suspects of course, Petrarca was was fantastic. Um, as always, you know, Fritch was really good. Uh, it's all all the same, you know, Gorn was outstanding. Um Oliver had another, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Brownlow votes get divided up between those three. It is funny as well, like, I, I, it's so funny when teams are so up and about, particularly, you know, when they're so locked in as well and they all buy in and it's, it's I, I honestly had, and it's hard, it's, it's, you know, when teams have an important player that gets injured and then they replace him and then a period of time goes on, you just don't think about them. I had completely forgotten about Jack Viney. I thought about it after the game, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. Like they've got a pretty good player coming back as well. Like they're so stacked. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, they've got um, Sam didn't have his best game as well. He had a lot of again a lot of options. Didn't didn't quite capitalize on them. Um, but you know, this is the thing. Like, same with Richmond too. Like they had you know they've they've had some forwards that you know don't really provide heaps on the scoreboard and they can still easily win. They've just got so many options to goal and yeah, um, yeah there's such yeah, a well, damaging side. I'd say McDonald, McDonald didn't um, have a massive influence um, throughout the game. He had his sort of 10 or 15-minute uh, patch there. Uh, Fritz was the same. Like, he was pretty impactful early on, but then went out. And that's, again, just shows the depth that this Melbourne side has. They don't have to rely on one or two or, this, or three of their forwards um, <clears throat> to put uh, scoreboard pressure on. It comes from their midfield, and, um, and that obviously is driven from their defensive 
uh, unit anyway. Yeah, well, Tom was so pretty good, but he didn't yeah, kick five or six or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, yeah. And Brisbane, and Brisbane played really good football. Like, this, this, if it wasn't Melbourne, they would have probably won the game. So, playing someone else. No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So, what what do we think? I mean, do you do you think there's any any concerns about Brisbane or no? I mean, it's it's still obviously very it's one game, but how did they impress you still? Oh, absolutely. Um, except there's that discipline, disciplinary um, side of their game. I, I don't think going out physical against an opposition is the the way to win games of football. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, technical difficulties. Just cut out. That's all right. Um, I did. Um, even the internet's going into lockdown in Melbourne. <laughs> I'll edit that. That silence out so it doesn't sound like that. Um, yeah. Oh, no, you know, I, Bris- yeah, Bris- Brisbane are fine. Yeah. I don't know, Carlos. I think they'll be at the pointy end of the year. I just think, though, like, Danaher, he was poor and, you know, he would kick one goal four. Like, there are uh, – there. I still have concerns about them offensively. Um yeah, I still have a few concerns that I had about them last year. And they brought Danaher in, and he hasn't really made that much difference. He's kind of added to that confusion. Like, I know he's had his matches, he's had his moments, and he's been very Danaher in that he's had his, his moments that have been really good. But, you know, some of those can be pretty few and far between. But I don't know. I, I just getting think... Paid a thousand, getting paid $10,000 to every goal he keeps for the year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think he... Well, he, he his defensive work is lazy, um, Danaher, and... You're being nice. Yeah, it's poor. It is very, very poor. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it, I do feel like we're going to be looking back and thinking in a final where it cost them, where either a Danaher or a Hipwood or one of these guys just, just doesn't, doesn't get it done. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that's going to cost them. But anyway, hopefully not for Brisbane fans. But that, that would suck. Um, and then on the on this Friday, um, what do we think about this game? So we had the sorry, the Friday. This, that was the Friday. The Saturday, uh, Sydney, St Kilda. So St Kilda couldn't hit the side of the barn um, as usual. Even though, like, you look at the score line, you think, oh, okay, they were better than fifty percent. They kicked twelve eleven. It wasn't like they kicked five goals fifteen, but um, Jack uh, Higgins had a really good day out and kicked like seven points. So what what do we think here? Using me, yeah. I might, um, I might stop your video just so it's um, just the audio. Yeah. Uh, look, to be honest, not a great deal of takeaways. I think they went to script. Like St Kilda, are a wannabe baby team, um, got all the pieces, um, but can't get the job done uh, often enough. And work, workmanlike uh, from City, which is what you tend to expect. Um, yeah, St Kilda, St Kilda just a, a train wreck at the moment and things don't look to be getting any better. Yeah, it was a bit of a joke, really. Um, it just really surmised. Yeah, I agree, there's not a lot to take out of it, but, I mean, they, yeah, really, it just summarised uh, their whole year, really. Oh, if you wanted to it's... if you wanted to show someone in the future a game that completely epitomised what St Kilda's year in 2021 was like, you, you could probably, I mean, it wasn't probably as you know, debilitating as some, but I mean, it, it showed you basically all of it and they had moments where the pressure was really good. They had moments where their pressure was terrible. They had moments where they were accurate and they had moments where they couldn't, could not even consider kicking a goal. So, um, yeah. And without throwing him under the bus, but he's been a talking point and he surmises exactly the, the St Kilda culture at the moment. 
Jack Higgins got so much of the football and St Kilda have obviously brought in some talented, supposedly talented players, both through the draft and through uh, free agency trade whatnot, um, but not taking advantage of those opportunities, um, kicking one goal, six, and yeah. missing two motzes to win the game. Um, uh, that just in, in a nutshell, that's that's St Kilda for the last two years um, and what we're seeing on the field at the moment. It must be very, very frustrating to be a St Kilda supporter, well, even it, more so at the moment. Yeah, and it completely eradicates a good game, I'll be honest. I know that's harsh, but yeah. you know, Higgins had a good game, but he he screwed it. So, he, he I mean, yeah. That's um that's unfortunate, but that's the reality. It's harsh, but he yeah he missed so many important shots, and when you that when you have that such inconsistent pressure, you don't deserve to win really. Um, but yeah, they, they, the Saints blew a pretty good start too. They started off the blocks pretty well, and um, yeah, really really cooked it. And uh, Young King as well. Um, I don't know. I think it's hard for these. You know, what's effectively a second year player can't go too into him, but yeah, he he. Um, yeah. He was poor, but look, he's such a young guy. I, I, I don't know. What do, what do you think about King? Uh, yeah, I agree. Like he's he's only if he's in a, another side, like let's say a, even a, a Richmond or, or Hawthorne, so two teams either end of the um, the spectrum this year. A two year player, either of those clubs, doesn't get as harshly dealt with from outsiders as they do when they're at a struggling club that hasn't seen success because they're almost put under the microscope to help bring success on early. Um, yeah, look, he, he's he's in a club that doesn't have a winning culture um, and doesn't have a lot of players there that understand what it takes to be successful, um, except for the two or three that they've brought in and two of them, well, one's not playing at all and that's Hanabry. He's been in, obviously at Sydney when they were very successful and um, Brad Hill, um, with his time at Hawthorne, he's playing horrible football. So not really the, the type of role models that help instill um, a winning psyche in, into your players, where if you look at the kids, two-year players, and even the first-year players at, at Sydney, they're excelling at the moment because they're in a culture that understands success and there's lots of senior members there that don't know anything but winning. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bit too much pressure for the young kid at the moment and I reckon a, wouldn't, a, a little break wouldn't be too bad for him. Yeah, well, St Kilda basically are taking a break in some respects now. Like, I know it's harsh a little bit, but two of their players, a memory, and I can't remember who the other one was, are um, one of them's had a baby and another one's about to have a baby, I think. So, yeah, well, they, they, yeah. Can't, they can't make finals. So I think, I think that's probably the right thing and, and just start again. And, um, yeah, hopefully they don't keep kidding themselves because as we spoke about last week, the... Um, that garbage statement from um, from the was it SEO I think it was uh, was was embarrassing saying that this was not really the year they were, were kind of pushing for finals. It's more like next year was just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you want to wait to <coughs> wait to James Foley gets a bit older is um, yeah, a pretty outrageous strategy to say the least. But uh, anyway, that's St Kilda. We've gone over and over their, their problems. Um, but I think, yeah, Sydney were really good. Um, as you said, workman light, but I think a couple of things to note. I thought Amati. Um, the debut taunt was um, fantastic. You know, Sydney just keep keep plucking these kids out of nowhere. Um, never heard of him, but he was he was fantastic. Um, and yeah, that they uh, this is also very detrimental for um, St Kilda. But um, I thought Sydney were much fitter late 
And that's um, I didn't hear anyone kind of comment on that, but that's my opinion. I think they were much more. Uh, they were faster to the ball. They were more efficient. They had far and away better um, uh, reaction time. They had and and they had clearly better decision making late because when you look at Jack Higgins who took his shot that last shot that would have put them in front, he took it and what did he take five seconds before kicking it? Oh, rushed um, it, yeah. Well, he rushed a few of them, but and, and there was one that was he did this you know stupid check side thing at, at the wrong moment when he could have sent it too, which I didn't hear anyone comment on either, but. Um, regardless of that, I think yeah. He, whereas you know Sydney late had had someone behind the ball to because um, they they converted after that um, terrible Higgins uh, miss as well. So just just better defensive structures and that takes better physicality. So yeah, look, I, yeah. But he was really good, but they certainly don't rely on him, rely on him anymore. Which yeah, they've been working yeah, towards for years. But yeah, and, and they're not at all. Like, he's played. He was excellent higher up the ground. He's just such a ridiculously good field kick as well. That's probably another thing I took out of the game. Um, there yeah. was that ridiculous um, field kick to uh, Heaney. Which was amazing, but then unfortunately Henry didn't keep the goal. But but he probably should have taken a shot himself. But he's almost a bit too selfless now, particularly given he's so close to a thousand goals. I kind of want him just to be be a bit selfless for for a year and, and get 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 the thousand. He'll he'll get there. He's going to get there now. He's he's too um he's he's too in too good a shape. He'll he, he'll take him a little longer. He'll kick you know twos and threes and fours, and occasionally get a bag here and there. But he won't do it this year. But he'll definitely do it next That's year. Right. I reckon. He'll do it before his cup contracts out. He's got plenty of time for that. <laughs> when te- technically next, I think next year is the last year. But or has he got one more? Has he got one more? He's got that? another year after that. Wow. Well, I think he's yeah. ironically he looks so good. If he keeps playing like this, he he should definitely see the year out for sure. Oh, the contract yeah, out. Sorry, absolutely. yeah, he looks great. Um, yeah, because he left Sporth on twenty third. Won the flag twenty thirteen, and it was one year contracts. So twenty twenty three will be. His final year of that contract, so it's got a, got a bit of time, obviously. And, and as we've mentioned, um, Longmire and the coaching panel up at Sydney, they do it constantly. But how good a year is Tom Hickey having? Mm. Well, we've said, well, I've said this a couple of times. I think he's yeah. all Australian <clears throat> ruckman. If if Gorn doesn't exist, I think Gorn is, um, you know, I think Gorn is clearly the best ruckman in in the game. Oh no, no, um, Western Bulldogs ruckman. That's come in, Stefan Martin. I think probably Stefan Martin and Gorn, and then I reckon he's third, which is which is a, a, a amazing. He's like fifty years old and he's playing in his fourth club. Like that's um, yeah. yeah, I think he's that he's, he's been outstanding um, to say that. Nanko yeah, has had quietly a very good year again as well. Yeah, but uh, so I just the irony. Hickey was at St Kilda. Well, everybody, <laughs> almost everyone's been through those doors and, and left. <laughs> Anyone who's good, yeah. That's it. Time to get out. See you later. So, but yeah, look, yeah, good, good win from Sydney. Um, pretty, I guess, lucky in some regards, just how woeful St Kilda are in front of goals at the moment. Horrific. Well, as as I've said, you know, no, nothing can summarise it more in that. Uh, we said this a few weeks ago, but someone actually asked me, is, is this serious? I was like, no. I think someone thought I made this up. St Kilda were, I don't know what, was a very specific thing to make up, but St Kilda were the second uh, most accurate side in front of goal last year they are now the second worst so they went from second to 17th in in, in one off season yeah, so wow. that, that is a fact uh the only team currently in the league that is worse in front of goal than st kilda is Freo. that's it only marginally worse and they're pretty bad uh, and then game after that was the crows pies this is a, one of those ones where it's like a close game it's not it. necessarily a good, a good game um good but you called it 
you called it. I should have tipped it. I should have tipped it. I should have done it. I was thinking during the game, I was like, God damn. Um, but uh, well, we both still tip five, but this this could have been one to get the six and get the round. But uh, I never think the six ones counts as much. You've got to tip the nine if you want to tip the card, I reckon. But yeah, look, yeah. it was um, yeah, great win. I mean, I think at, like where I picked it to was or tried, but didn't in the end go the whole way I should have. But where I thought about it was that um, Adelaide had a really tough game last week. They're coming off um, travel to to the Giants against Richmond. It was a very physical game too. Richmond, much fitter side. Um, I think really ran them off their legs to the back end of the game. I thought, you know, having to travel, um, not, not a long break either. They played on the Sunday and then it's playing the Saturday, so to back it up, I, I don't know. I think I think I, I think Adelaide are, are a good side. I think they will be a good side. Um, I don't think they're anywhere near as, as diabolical as we thought they'd be. But yeah, this was this was um, this was a shame to, to lose the game. But this was poor skill versus poor skill. They started so slow. One goal, one to to five flat. Um, Collingwood were, were much better, much more attacking, and um, and Elliot, you know, looked like Tony Lockett out there. He was was. Unbelievable! Um, I'd forgotten Elliot was coming back in. I, I think there were that we record maybe the I don't know the teams are, I don't think were announced by that point. No, maybe team, when we teams were teams weren't announced. Teams weren't announced. I think we were recording when they were announced because we recorded on the Thursday night. But um, yeah, I think if I'd known that, I'm, but uh, look, I never thought he would kick six. Uh, his first game back. I mean, you'd be fascinated to see how he backs up after that. But the kids look really good. Um, yeah, I think you know Bianco was quite good as well in his his first. Um, I think that was it. Was his first game? Pretty sure he was the day debutant. Yeah, first game. Yeah, I think um, so. yeah. He was good. Yeah, look, the, their kids look good. They've played. I think they played seven or eight debutants this year. They've been really good. They've got the kids out there, and um, you know they, they had side bottom, uh, high half forward, and and Pendles down back. He's quite a good half half backman. And but then when you know the whips are cracking, they move him back in the centre. It was a good way. To, but I think you know, like ballsy coaching from Bucks. I think he he was very good. Um, you know they had Elliot in the center, and there was that ridiculous goal from the center. Yeah, I mean he was he was had a lights out game, but that's not going to happen. I don't think week after week. But when you know Walker, this is the thing. He's just so reliant on on a couple of players. Walker kicked two two goal six. Like actually, didn't in watching the game, it didn't feel like it was that high. Um, I didn't watch this with with the volume through sections of it, but then at the end, I was like, I looked at the stats, and I was like, wow, I didn't actually notice that it had gotten that bad, but. Two goal six when you got your main forward that they're so heavily relying on in any young side kicking two six you know I, I mean yeah. they nearly won the game anyway no, I didn't, but, yeah. yeah I didn't see the game but having a look at the um, the scorecard about where he was missing his shots it's like that's a very untext Walker like game they were yeah a lot of them in, in that. 45 within 45 degree angles of, of the goal and between 30 and, and 50. What well, that's his bread and butter zone. Um, and he missed four goals from that in uh, that area, so yeah, very unusual. And I agree, like Elliot's not going to have these types of games, no. um, every week, uh, let's be honest. And I, I feel for the guy that he's more likely to um, get injured by half time next week. Well, yeah, it's going to be very hard to back it up. Um, but I, I guess to be fair to Tex, he's been up. You know, virtually all year, uh, he's had an incredible year, one of his best years, which, you know, people were trying to retire him at the end of last year. I, I And, you know, I put my hand up. I, I did not think I wasn't trying to retire him, but I, I didn't think that, uh, did not think he would have the ability to be where he is now, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah. Uh, exactly, I'm the same. He could win the Coleman. I mean, he's been he's been amazing. Um, yeah. And then, look, yeah, but 
not a lot of takeaways, like two teams that aren't making finals. Um, but the Pies were, yeah, the Pies were good. They had a diverse scorecard. But, yeah, look, again, when Collingwood won, they've had to rely on a couple of specific things, and that just doesn't win you that many games. Like, Elliot's, as we said, he's not king six every week. So they've still got a lot of the same offensive issues. But, yeah, who knows? I mean, apparently they've still got a lot of cap problems, which is funny, like... I shouldn't say apparently, but I saw that come out. And all, I'm not going to get into all the board stuff. It's pretty boring conversation. But all the, you know, it's, it is funny in a way, like all the challenging that's going on with, with um, Jeff Brown and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. Like I, I saw it was reported this week around the cap, and people were like, "Oh wow, I can't believe you know Pies cap is still bad." And it's like, how can you how can you be surprised by that when they haven't signed up? A lot of key players that they need to sign up and we know they've signed up a couple of their key players to ludicrous deals so and and we know that the the troll or cap money is still in their cap so you can't be surprised they've still got cap problems so it'd be pretty interesting to see you know graham wright was saying on radio that you know it's not going to be an exodus you know they're going to blow the team up like last year or this well yeah last year but but yeah. even then they didn't offer like players on big contracts Trelaw was on good money. Trelaw was on about oh, eight. he was on about eight fifty. Yeah. He was on pretty good money, yeah. And they're paying yeah, about five hundred. But, yeah. but Stevenson and Phillips stayed mid tier. Like, not, yeah. not going to help that overall cap um, problems. That's for sure. No, I think they, they'd be quietly hoping there's a couple of retirements as well, and they might try and force a couple. And who knows? That'll be very interesting to see. They, they've got two obviously inside bottom and Penderbury that they've got to be very you know careful about not damaging the fabric as well. So look, yeah. I don't know. Um, but not, not going out at the same time. Yeah, exactly. But not probably not too much to, to take out of this game. Adelaide, um, they'll, they'll win some more games from now and the end of the year. I reckon they win another two from here at least. Um, there's some winnable games there that they've got. Um, take, we've got the Saints next week. So take the bounce pressure back. off. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I was just saying, and for Collingwood, it just takes the pressure off the players and Bucks for a week. Mm. That win. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Collingwood are the same. Like, they've got... Oh, who have they got next week? Collingwood. I don't know the ball. No, no, they, well, they got Melbourne. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, because of um, Queen's birthday. Yeah, they get pumped. Uh, so back, back to reality again next week. And then the Dreamtime match, which was an amazing spectacle in WA, if, if for whatever reason the grand final cannot be here in Melbourne due to the COVID restrictions and, and less of a crowd or no crowd or whatever. I, I think it looked amazing on TV. Um, obviously, WA people love their football, so yeah, I think that would be the best case scenario in the event that that does happen. That's been a pretty big discussion point this week, but um, absolutely. Yeah, look, and this was the huge. opposite of the previous game. It was the closest blowout uh, of the year so far. Well, the, the thing of, yeah. does not reflect how close and how good this game was to watch. This was an amazing game, and I think a big part of it was one of the best games of the year. And I think a big part of why it was so good was the crowd and that they were so into it. And you know, with sixty thousand screaming fans, it was sold out. You just forget, like you honestly forget that that you know that was a big reason. I think that dogs. I know the dogs were down, but that dogs Melbourne game. If that has a full crowd. I really don't think the game plays out the way it did. I, I just think it, it just takes the fears out of the game. It's just so dour and quiet, and yeah, just just is not really much to not much chop to to watch, to be honest. Um, yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, but look, I this, really enjoyed this. Oh, it was a good game. It was very good. Um, Coleman, uh, you know that that sort of early moment, old mate um, CCJ handing it off to Dusty. 
when he probably should have taken the shot himself. There's a few interesting moments early on. Richmond just started well, but probably didn't quite have the poise early on to, to really put the foot on the gas hard. I mean, they still kicked four goals, three to one, two, but they really could have put put it sort of like seven goals to make it really difficult to, for them, for Essendon to kind of work their way back into the game. Um, but Chol was absurd, the first half particularly. Um, I think that's the best game I've seen him play. Uh, his intercepts were, were incredible. Um, they were winning virtually every clearance early, Richmond, so they, they had complete control. Essendon started pretty nervously. It looked like it was going to be a complete blowout. The first probably 20, 30 minutes of gameplay were yeah, a bit concerning for, for Essendon. They just couldn't get their hands on it. But, yeah, they steadied and they, they stuck to their system and they gradually worked their way into the game. Darcy Parrish had another absolute blinder and uh, Langford was really good. You know, Merritt, of course, again. And, yeah, um, they were they were great. They had a really balanced scorecard as well. And <laughs> they're, a, they're a very bloody good young side. Um, I think yeah. I think there's some... some I don't know whether it's it's... It's funny, like you'd think, well, surely losing Danaher and Saad and all this stuff would be not necessarily a great thing. But I actually wonder whether they've come out of that better than than um, anyone ever thought. I actually think that might have been a very good thing for them. Um, yeah, and, and finally, uh, uh, you and I have discussed it before before with um, other clubs, and I think we might have mentioned it um, in the second half of last year that, that having two captain uh, coaches just does not work. It, it's too distracting um, for the yeah. players to, to understand who they should be listening to, what ideas and concepts they need to take out on the, on the playing field. So to have just Rutten there now um, in, in the full swing, like you could tell Wusher was um, back in WA uh, by around 13 or 14 last year. Um, it was very evident. So that, that's the first piece of the puzzle. And then, yeah, having offloading players that really didn't want to be there now proving to the rest of the world that all the other so-called play, player exodus is all hearsay. They all look like they're enjoying their football um, and they've got a plethora of talented midfielders still to come back into that side, which is disgusting. Uh, just to think that they've still got Shield, Devin Smith, Caldwell, just to name three, plus um, Draper as a Ruckman to, to, to come back into that that side that, that's huge and they sort of have cap space too so they yeah. have they have the ability to they're going to go after harry mckay they're going to go after a number of players that are on the open market so ironically deodoro deodoro whatever he is i think he might have finally got it right after 20 years i think there's a chance that this team is a is a very serious contender in in a few years um they're stacked and they're very young so yeah i mean that like if they get this right, wow, um, they're a very serious chance to, to contend. Uh, but, yeah, look, they came up against one of the great teams, obviously, over the last, you know, 10 to 15, 20 years. And your Richmond were like, you want to have a shootout? Okay, <laughs> sure, we can, we okay, can do we, that. We can flick the switch. It's probably not, game plan, but we can do it if you yeah, want. Yeah, it's probably not great, but we could do it. Um, Bolton was amazing. Probably, Sorry, go. I was going to say, we don't like doing this, but we're good at it when we have to be. Well, that's the thing. I think they tried the defensive game, and to Essendon's credit, they, they made that harder. I think Richmond just went, oh, all right, sure, we'll do it. Um, but, yeah, oh, look to, to push at the end and, and look to Essendon hit the front. If you didn't see this game, Essendon hit the front in the fourth um, and it looked like Essendon were going to win and, and, and run away with the game. But um, Richmond just put it down and Dusty was incredible. His poise and, and, and skills right at the, at the, you know, 
those one percenters. He's just such a, a big game player. He's one of the all-time big game players. You know, I think you know can mount a pretty strong argument. Like he's one of the absolute best, if not the best, really. Certainly in the modern era, he's just you know three norms. Obviously, he's a big big part of it. But um, yeah, he was just amazing um, as as a minimum. Um, but yeah, look, I think Stewart was was good. Uh, through sections of the game, but little things like they'll learn from it. But little things like he kept putting the hold on Coleman, which you know he's got to be better than that with the way the umpires uh, are umpiring that now. But Essendon pushed Richmond to the brink, and and, and they answered, but they had to really cash in a lot of chips um, to to get this done. So it was a great watch. Um, that thirty nine points, the vast majority of that were you know packed in very quickly. They just went bang 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 at the last minute and. Um, and packed it on, and, and they kicked straight too. That's the other thing that was pr- you know pretty damning for for Essen. Of course, they kicked nineteen, Richmond kicked nineteen nine. So that, that obviously doesn't make it any easier. So um, Castania was pretty good, uh, Graham was good as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Essen are about at this point, and that's a really good thing. I think you know Richmond are probably the fourth ish best team at the moment obviously the ladder doesn't show that but i think in terms of form that's about where they sit third fourth ish um yep. and they push the third fourth form team to the brink and that's uh, you know now what, what does it look like you know when they play uh you know let's i'm looking ahead in the fixture but i'd, I'd love to see what they look like have they played the dogs yet Essen? i don't think they, well they got oh, here we go so round here's one right here so round 15 they've got melbourne at the g so that'll be a really interesting... That's not that far away. That'll be a fascinating game in round 15 to see what that... Because I was just thinking, they haven't played them both. Um, yeah, so that'll be very interesting to see how they go against... Well, that's that's literally the top side. Um, if they push Melbourne too, then, well, Essendon fans would have to be pretty pretty excited. So if you're an Essendon fan, you can't walk away from this game disappointed, surely. You'd have to think, no, exactly. well, you know, we tried our best. We've got a very good young side. It's going to take time. They'll learn a lot out of this game, which... It's one of those games that might actually serve them better for having um, having lost in the longer term. Yeah, to, to lose lose McGrath early on obviously doesn't help help their um, their favour anyway because uh, he's such a good player under pressure and, and, and fills mm. a lot of places. Like he doesn't, he's not a one way um, player. He can play wing, can play half back, play half forward, play through the middle. Um, so that obviously would have had a bit of an effect on. Of rotations to begin with, but just game plan and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. No, um, lot, lots to like about um, the Dons. And interesting on the neutral ground. I actually quite. I think we spoke about this last week, but I really like the idea of playing on the neutral ground. Um, not not the G, even though, of course, you know it makes sense to play it at the G. But um, yeah, shame to I guess to not have it there. But at the same time, you can mount an argument. It's, I actually quite I quite like it. It, it makes it more even. Um, to see, uh, you know, what it looks like, you know, versus the, the, um, I, I guess the, it takes out the home ground advantage, of course, but it also takes out the, if I'm a player, I'm thinking, well, Vesson, I'm thinking, well, yeah, they bashed us the last 10 times, but we've never played them at Optus. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you can kind of talk yourself into that a little bit mentally. Um, yep. I think you can, I, I don't know whether I'd be like that. I think I would. I, I think that's how I would try and frame it. In my head, thinking, well, we've not, we've never played there, so who knows? Like, changes the game, and I just, I just try and think it's a clean slate and talk yourself into it like that. But um, yeah, so let's keep going. So Sunday's game, so we had the Carlton West Coast game. Um, nothing to really take out of this game, really. Um, the you know, West West Coast ended a twenty. 
22-year, 21-year um, losing streak at STJ. Yeah, I mean... That's all I took from this. Oh, and the, the fact that Carlton is shit, like really shit. They're horrible and, you know, now they've got... Uh, well, where do we even start with this? So now, now they've got this whole, you know, review and all this stuff and it just keeps going. But, uh, yeah, I, I think ultimately we're in a situation now where Carlton have repeated the same mistake for 25 years, really. Like, it's been so long, over and over. The Juddy era was a fail and... It didn't work, and it set them up for failure, which is even worse. And and they've just kept going, and it's just it's net. They they look quite good off field, obviously. I think they've got their the house in check and things financially in a better position. But um, yeah, so it, this is obviously a, a horrible situation, and they needed to take this scalp. Um, they need, they, they needed to beat them. Begin. Yeah, yeah. There was a good six players out of out of the West Coast side that that should have been there. Um, in that would be there in their best side, and and they weren't. So to to lose by twenty two points is is pretty shameful, really. Uh, in a neutral point, you know, West Coast, you know, don't travel to Freer, let alone anywhere else. So they're, they're um, yeah. But I, as far I'm, away, yeah, as far away from home as almost possible. Um, and yeah, haven't won at a ground since this this century um, until this this game. So yeah. It, on so many levels, disappointing from from Carlton's perspective, and, 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 and as mutual um, viewers watching this game, it was you know, odd. Except for flying flying uh, Ryan, um, I didn't actually particularly find this game very entertaining at all. Pretty just lazy performances as well from from Carlton. Terrible defensive efforts, just slow and lethargic and you know they, they as i said they let a very undermanned west coast side take advantage of them um and once again it's the same old story you know walsh was outstanding they've got a few pieces that are very very good but um yeah i don't know i i, I don't know what to say but west coast are still you know lingering around richmond would be annoyed that um carlton couldn't get it done as well because uh richmond would have jumped them on the ladder to to sitting just underneath um sydney but um yeah, Richmond must have been thinking ahead, looking at that fixture. Surely Carlton can get this done, but uh, no, they they stuffed it once again. So it'd be so frustrating being a Carlton supporter. I can't imagine how annoying. Well, I can a little bit being a Richmond supporter, but over the last you know thirty five years until very recently. But um, yeah, it'd be very very annoying uh, to see the same mistakes made over and over again. And you know, we saw John Barker um, resign uh, <laughs> days out from the review, so. It, it's it's a bit of a car crash, really. So, and then the other game. Uh, this is a good game. This was a, a bloodbath at, at Optus Stadium. Uh, the dogs got it done in the end by twenty eight points. But Freo were outstanding. I don't think I think it'll get forgotten in history. Obviously, like it's not an important game. It's just a random home and away game in June. But West well Freo, I think have been very good this year. But they've just been horrific in front of goal. But this was a game where they were actually and they were not great in this one either. But they were, they were good. Um, they were really good, but they had like 80 injuries and they could barely feel the team by the end and that cost them in the end. That, that, but that was really the difference. I mean, like, you know, Liver was very good. All the usuals were very good. You know, I think Bonds, you can mount a strong argument. He's, you know, probably the best player almost in the game now. But um, yeah, I, I picked him for the brand. I think that's a pretty safe choice, but it depends how they divide the, the votes with McRae and that. And But I think Norton was fantastic. He didn't really finish on the scoreboard as much, but uh, the dogs actually led all day. So you look at it and think, well, how, how good were they? Um, but as in Freo, but yeah. What, what, what did you think about this? I mean, it was just such a shame that Freo had so many injuries. Uh, I wanted to get in before you, you went on your little tangent. I had 
no idea about this game. This is uh, oh sorry. Um, well, yeah, sorry. No, I should have jumped in earlier. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you run with it. I, I haven't seen it. Absolute scary. All I know was the, the train wreck um, of injuries uh, that uh, poor old Freo have been dealt with um, again, uh, which is which is unfortunate. There. They've got, got enough to deal with in front of goals, let alone uh, having to deal with um, the massive outs. I think, what was it, four or five players unavailable after this game for, for, for this coming week's um, rounds, which is just, yeah, pretty devastating. Yeah, it's, it's diabolical, but they're cooked now. They were, they've, they've been cooked for weeks. They're not making the eight, but they're really cooked now. There's no way. That, there's zero chance they're making it now. Um, but, yeah, look, I look, not too much more to say other than that, really, of the dogs. Workmanlike, um, you know, obviously had to travel. They're, they're clearly a better side, but, you know, Freo really pushed them. They were very good. Their kids were very good. Um, I thought Mundy was fantastic, as usual. Uh, he's had a fantastic year. Brayshaw's had a, you know, quietly a very good year as well. Uh, Ryan, um, fantastic too. Like, their, their kids, they got a really good, as we've said a couple of times, I, I, I like Freo. I think they've got a really, like, clearly in front of goal are, are horrendous. Um, but, that that can be fixed, and then they really only need a couple of other pieces, and that they're a very very serious football side. So, yeah, but normally I'm just having, just having a quick look at stats. So there's yeah. only two players that didn't get um, ten or more possessions. So that says that they're obviously yeah getting their hands on the ball and, mm-hmm. and, and sharing it around. So yes, yeah, so they can just tie it up in front of front of goals. So they, they kind of win more games than well, they lose you with the next year. They're the number well, as I said earlier in the Securita conversation. They're the 18th worst side in terms of accuracy, so they are the worst side in the entire league. So yeah. um, if Freo can get that even to 12th or 10th, that um, they already win another couple of games. And right now, even though I was saying you know they're, they're not going to make finals, you know, they won't, but they're two games behind. So that accuracy is so bad. Let's say they win two more games, they're eighth. So yeah, let's it's it, it is the you know it, it's such a funny sport in that you know it's like what we said about Higgins. He had a very good game for St Kilda, but it's worthless ultimately because the the scoring was was very poor. So uh, well, you can do everything in this game, exactly but if you don't right. convert, it's 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 it just doesn't you know. Unfortunately, it just doesn't so count. No, no one's going to remember that. No, six one, and you've probably got three round over votes. One six, and you're a forgotten player. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, no one remember. Even in grand finals, you know, someone can have an incredible game, but then miss a lot in front of goal. That's completely forgotten. No, no one will, will remember that. You just look at it and go, "Wow, he was horrendous in front of goal that day." That's it. It's never going to be. So, oh wow! Look at the, look at the disposals or tackles or whatever. Unless, unless, you, unless you know it's Cam Mooney. Was just yeah, I, yeah, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I was, remember Cam Mooney twenty eight. <laughs> 2008, yeah. Well, actually, funnily enough, I was just thinking of him as I said it out loud, but yeah, <laughs> he's the only one. Yeah, even even him, yeah. we will forget him. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so look, yeah, interesting round. Good talking points out of all of it. Dogs get it done, you know, you know, workman like performance, but they were really pushed. It'll be interesting to see how they back it up. You know, having to have a, was a pretty hard physical game and having to travel. Um, yeah, so obviously that they get the bye, but how fresh do they look after that? Uh, they got Geelong, so that's good. That's going to be a very interesting game uh, against the Cats in round fourteen. But um, the buyers will be coming at a good time. I think they did look a little bit tired, but yeah, Bont, Bont probably the you know, I think basically the best player now in the game. Um, or certainly not far behind, or certainly with Dusty. And then yeah, Eagles getting it done over a pretty you know piss sweet Carlton that should have been in a much better position than that. And Dreamtime I think was clearly the game of the round um, without a doubt. Collingwood. 
yeah, surprise-ish win. But, yeah, Adelaide, you know, they get this is the thing. Once you get to, like, round 12 or 13, those kind of teams start dropping games a bit here and there that they shouldn't. Yeah, um, yeah Sydney, the young teams start to get really tired. 100%. Um, Sydney, you know, getting it getting it done over a very inaccurate and inconsistent St Kilda and then a, a very good game on the Friday night. So we had two really, like, properly good games, Dreamtime and the Friday uh, and it was good that they were both the primetime games too, so it's really good advertisement yeah. for the game. Uh, the two kind of blockbuster time slots were, were both very good. And then if you're a more casual fan and you saw some of the other games, so I think you'd be you'd be pretty impressed as well. Um, yeah, so interesting round. Um, 